Steve, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, so I come up, I got a I got a long story because I started as a mechanical engineer, then became a life coach, and today what I'm doing is um, two things. Uh-huh. I work with uh, individuals to help them through a 90-day jumpstart program using LinkedIn and social to generate business-to-business leads. And number two, my company delivers social media for construction companies, concrete companies, HVAC companies, um, all kinds of crazy stuff, and, uh, and also helping with recruitment as well. So that's the long answer, but yeah, huh. that's what I do. That's a pretty interesting path. So how did you go from engineering to life coaching? Because you don't really expect the same personality that does engineering to be like, oh, okay, now I'm going to go and be a life coach. Yeah, so I've had a couple key um, defining moments in my, on my journey, and they always came with a lot of pain. And one of them was when I was working in Toronto as an engineer. I'd been working for, I don't know, I want to say eight or nine years at that point. And I remember my wife and I were driving um, home because we're both originally from this smaller area, this small town of about 100,000 people. And we were in Toronto. And I said, I just feel depressed. And she goes, is it me? And I said, no, it's not you. I said, it's the work I'm doing. Mm. And um, so kind of went on a bit of a soul searching and just kind of like, okay, well, how do I bring meaning back to my life? I felt like everything was just like kind of structured and mechanical and just kind of doing, I was doing the things that my parents, you know, my mom was always like, say, you know, like be a good person. I was doing that, but I felt unfulfilled. I felt empty. I felt like this hole in my chest. And so I started filling it with things. I started filling it with cars. I started filling it with alcohol. Um, I started just trying to fill it. Yeah. And never seemed to work. Yeah. Then what happened was um, at that moment, I decided, okay, well, I've got to do something completely different. So I started exploring a bit. I started kind of opening up my mind to like things that have been sort of coming to me before and uh, ideas, you know, just seeing like a book or something. And I just like, I'm going to open myself up to this. So I started to be very receptive. And I think that's a key state to new information. And one of the first books I read was Think and Grow Rich, then Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. Unlimited Power. And that really kind of was like, oh, I'm like, this is, this is more me. Um, You know, I want to empower people. I want to feel empowered myself. I want to be responsible for my own happiness. So I took a couple of courses in self-development. This is back in 2006. And um, I remember my best man said, after I'd gone through this kind of six-week transformation, he goes, you're like a totally different person. Really? Yeah. Like you were just happier? You were... Totally happier, yeah. 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 And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. So it was kind of like, it started there. I got into coaching. And when I started to coach for free in the beginning, I think that's where every coach starts. Um, when I was doing it, I was like, <laughs> this is better than breathing, right? Like this is giving me life. Wow. Yeah. So I, when I was doing it, I was like, okay, this is, this is my thing. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years, it took me a while to kind of transition out of that. I had a couple failed business start, but more than a couple failed business startups because I didn't have the experience and because um, honestly I didn't have the right psychology behind, I wasn't thinking like an entrepreneur. And uh, so fast forward, I, I started to do these things that, that mean, were failing me. But what does that mean? You weren't thinking like an entrepreneur. I'll give you a great example. So I was talking to a client two weeks ago. Uh-huh. 
And uh, this guy does, um, I, I won't mention his name, but he does cybersecurity, which is super hot right now. And the way he was, what he was, he's been doing is he charges out his time to uh, work with these companies on an hourly rate and he gets paid well, but he has to keep working to make money. And I said to him, here's a, here's a way to think about consulting or um, like business consulting is like you come in and you do your hourly rate and you charge the client and you deliver on a project. That's fine. I'm saying, I'm not saying not to do that. Keep money coming in, take care of your family, do that. But at some point the project's going to come to an end. And instead of like soliciting yourself out for other projects, look for the thing that the company needs to do over and over and over again, that they can hire your team through your company to deliver on like a high margin, meaning like high profit, but like super high value to them, but not using your hourly rate. So you can still work on projects, but then still charge for your company. So now you're getting from both. Okay. So that's what I mean. He wasn't thinking about that. He's thinking, well, I can only deliver value through the hourly rate. No, no, you can actually have your company. You could do this in a job. I never did it, but you could do it as a contractor where you're like contracted to do projects. And this is super, I think, uh, relatable for people now. Not a lot of people want to commit to a company for 30 years like you did, you know, 20, 30 years ago or in the 80s and the 70s, 80s. It's like, I want to work and try something out and see if it works out. So do project work, do an hourly rate, screw the pension and all the long-term benefits. Just do a higher rate, work for that company, create tons of value, and then look for opportunities for your company to deliver on something where you can hire labor and and people to deliver that and then get the margins from that and then keep working with them and deliver more projects. It's super smart, but it's also not where a lot of people go when they think of, I'm going to do contract work. Does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's just where a lot of people just don't go. Like a lot of people just don't think in that realm. So yeah. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was my, that, that was like the beginning of my journey. And then, you know, it's funny, right? We always come back to the, I always kept getting, and it's these subtle, subtle, subtle nuances, these subtle feelings, these subtle thoughts I would get. And that's why I meditate and been doing it for over 10 years now. Every day I, I probably missed. I mean, this year I probably missed because it's only like March, but I probably missed a handful of days, but I'm pretty consistent. And the reason is because I, it gets you in touch with the subtle world. Deepak Chopper calls it the subtle world, right? Mm-hmm. And the subtle world is those subtle feelings, those subtle nuances. And so what happened is I started to gravitate back to content creation because that's kind of, you know, when I was seven, eight, nine years old, I used to, I used to draw a lot and I used to uh, write a lot of poetry and birthday cards just for fun. It wasn't like I, ha- I, I felt like I needed to do it. I'm like, I want to do this. Right. And so that's where the writing started to come from, right? And then I kind of gravitated back to that because I, I honestly believe you are who you are and uh, you can't physically change that. Like if you want to be very successful in one business and that's not who you are, you, you won't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you got to find something that works for who you are. And that to me, that internal invisible, that, you know, that effortless substance that kind of is coursing through all our veins and that it helps us create, that doesn't change. The physical aspects in the material world might change, but that part doesn't change. And so when you get in touch with that through that subtle connection, then it's like, oh, well, this is a better business model for me. And so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today because I live and breathe content all the time and I love it. And I love it for my clients because I get excited for them because they might not be the most savvy at that. And 
when I started doing the content creation, it's sort of like I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, I could be like really good at this. I could be, you know, number one in a category in this because this is who I am. I'm not trying to be number one in a category that's not who, defined by who I am. So I stumbled upon you because I was just, you know, on Google one day putzing around like you do. And I came across, this is your website, I believe, the Freedom Education. Is that you? Yeah. So, and I saw your bending reality thing and I've heard that phrase being like thrown around, um, but I find it so fascinating. So can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. So I think there's a couple caveats and assumptions you've got to make. And one is, is that you're not really in control of what happens outside of you because you're in control of what happens on the inside of you. What happens on the outside is always like a surprise. Mm. And so I think that's the first kind of presumption or assumption you got to make is that instead of like trying to get in a relationship with the person you think you need to be with, let the universe decide that and focus on what it would feel like to be in that relationship, even though they're not here now. Mm. Right. So like, I could give you a good example. So if you're really lonely right now um, and you're listening to this, I would say fill yourself with abundance, with expansion, with ecstasy, with those feelings now, even though you're not feeling lonely. Now, that being said, um, you, there might be some restriction preventing you from receiving the love, the ecstasy, the joy that you deserve. Well, I was just going to say, just to play devil's advocate here, because like, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza lately and, you know, and, and his whole thing is like, you know, you have to believe in your future more than you believe in your past. Right. So you have to really put yourself in there and in the feeling state of it. But what if you just can't feel it? Like, what if you're like, okay, yeah, this is kind of unbelievable. Like, you know, for example, doing the loneliness thing. I haven't dated anyone in, you know, X amount of years or X amount of months. Like, I just, I don't even remember what that feels like anymore. Like, what do you do if you're in that situation? Because I feel like that's a kind of a very common situation that people find themselves in. Yeah, then what you've, then what's important to recognize is that there's two of you. Mm-hmm. So there's the observer and then there's the thinker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the observer and there's the feeler. Mm-hmm. And those are two different aspects of yourself. What I would say is start to nurse the connection with the observer, with the person observing these thoughts and feelings and make that your priority. And then all those feelings will come naturally to you. And you do that through meditation, right? Meditation, and- yoga, yoga. Uh, walking in nature. I don't know. I have a dog, right? So I walk in nature. Like you just got to walk. I smell the smell, see the things. I'm just like hearing the birds or whatever. And I'm like, wow, it just grounds you again. Right. Meditation can do that as well. Um, and as, and it, it can all just be yoga again. It and it's sometimes, um, you know, I go to the gym. Sometimes that's my yoga, right? The rock. He was like, I listened to him on Oprah and he was talking, that's his yoga. And I'm like, yeah, so it's different for everyone. So maybe you got to get physical. Maybe you can just do meditation. Maybe you've got to walk in nature. Maybe you've got to whatever it is for you that will help you ground and get back to center and notice that the real you is the observer to this physical and material feeling thinking person and nourish that connection. Because when you nourish that connection, um, you're going to 
what will happen is you'll get spontaneous feelings of joy and happiness. And that's very attractive to other people. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting, though, to think that, you know, just sitting there and observing yourself and observing your thoughts can lead to joyful experiences or joyful emotions. Um, I think that, you know, again, like, I, I, I have a couple of friends who are like, oh, you know, I'm stressed out about this. I'm stressed out about that. And I try to tell them the same thing. I'm like, well, you just, you have to put yourself in the feeling place of it. Because for example, if you're stressed out about money and you're not in the feeling place of like having abundance, you're not going to be attracting that to yourself. And their response is like, well, it's always hard to do that when you're worried about paying the bills or, you know, and it is, it's, it's really um, a lesson in learning how to control your emotions. And that's not really easy sometimes, especially when you're under stress or you're under duress about something. You, you mentioned a good point, Maria. So, and when it comes to money, I personally, this is just my experience, um, getting in the feeling state and knowing that it's coming, like it's already here. So you can kind of, you know, that's one uh, aspect of the subtle world. Now, if you have um, uh, a chronic condition of worrying about money, and it's probably been around a long, 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 long time like it was for me, mm -hmm. at some point as you are practicing being the noticer, that pattern is going to break up and dissolve and then it disappears forever like it did for me. So, so so you were worried about money and you started meditating and you started noticing your, your anxieties and your patterns around money. And because of that observation, it, it dissipated. Yeah. The illusion of truth, right. Or not the illusion of truth. Um, the, yeah, what's it called? Uh, the illusion of double slit, the double slit experiment, right. That uh -huh. scientific experiments where it's like you're observing the electrons and then they change yeah. their behavior. That's exactly what it is. If you want to change, chronic feelings inside, especially worry, you got to be the observer to them. And what meditation does is when something comes up where maybe you get a bill or you see something in your credit card, you didn't expect like $5,000 in your life. What? <laughs> and the worry comes up. That's when you want to breathe, notice and become the observer because it's, a, it's the feeling coming through you, the patterns coming through you, but you're not letting go. If you can let go, what will happen is What's on the other side of that is everything you always wanted, happiness, joy, peace. And what do you mean um, by letting go? Like just noticing the feelings inside. Okay. okay. So if you become the observer to the feelings, then you notice that they're coming up around money or in this case, worry, which again, which is a pattern that I had for, I don't know if I took it from a previous lifetime, but it was <laughs> massive because you got to remember I'm working as an engineer, making good money. Yeah. Why would I be worried all the time, right? It was just yeah. a chronic feeling that I had for such a long time. So by noticing it, it's coming, it, the feeling's coming up, allow it yourself to feel it. Don't push it down. Don't ignore it and go like, I got to focus on positive stuff. Actually feel it, get present to it. And what will happen is you will let go of it. It will dissipate. It will dissolve. And then the other side of that, without even trying to think of joy or ecstasy or happiness, you will feel peace. You will feel all those things. It's like, it's a natural state. So that's one part of the money thing. Now, the other thing that I find really powerful is that regardless if you feel the worry or not, and you know, you're going through the pattern of noticing this feeling, 
it can be very spontaneous where it's like you just notice it and it's gone. But for a lot of people, it's going to be like multiple repetitions of this process of observing what's happening inside of you, which it was, it was for me, it was years. Then at some point I spontaneously let it go. And this was a process over time. But in the meantime, what was I doing? I was getting busy creating value for other people so that money can come to me. I can't just feel it, expect it to come to me. What will amplify that feeling more than anything else is if you take action and create value for other people, especially, and this is like really important is that if you're in a job right now, you have a pattern of worrying about money, you created this career where now money is showing up to you, but it's in scarcity. I'm not saying stop doing that. What I'm saying is during the day when you're at your job, contract work, whatever you're doing, look for opportunities that inspire you to help the company create more value. Do it outside of your job description. You got your job description, you got your tasks, do those things. Be responsible. What I'm saying is at lunch, after work in the evenings, the things that kind of inspire, the things that make you really happy to do, look for ways to do that for the company so it creates value for them. And then say, hey, by the way, I have this company I started. Did you guys want to hire us to do that while I'm doing this job? Oh, okay. So that's where you can get creative and look for ways to help the company because these companies, some of these companies have so much money. They don't even know what to do with it. I know. They don't even I'm, think I'm in San Francisco and like the, you know, the heart of the tech world and it's ridiculous out here. Like the opulence is just insane with these companies. Right. 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 Yeah. It's really interesting because I think that, um, like the whole idea of paying attention to how you're feeling, right? Which is so counterintuitive to what we want to do. Cause like you were saying before, you were in this position where you felt miserable and you did everything to fill that void, right? Alcohol, whatever. And I think that's very human. I think that that's something that a lot of us want to do because we want to avoid the negative feelings. And then you see movies like The Secret, which are great movies. And I think the philosophy is really good, but it's all about having positive feelings and having positive thoughts. And you can't get there until you really release those negative emotions first. And that's the part that they skip. And I think that that's the part that people have a really hard time with because you know, it's like you, your bills are late and your rent is due and you don't know how you're gonna pay it and you're freaking out about money and you, you just watched this movie that told you to think positive, but how are you gonna do that when you're in this state? So you're just trying to avoid, avoid, avoid. And we fill that with TV, alcohol, drugs, uh, obsessive relationships, whatever we can think of to sort of fill that void. So, so I, I wanna comment on that. Um, like those, let's say you, you're freaking out about your bills, you've got credit card payments or you've got whatever interest payments. What I would say to you is, and I'm gonna say it with a grain of salt, like, so what? So those payments are gonna still keep coming out. Yeah. And just imagine that, you know, credit card interest alone is $1,000 a month for the next 12 months. If you can come to terms with that and accept that's where you are and it might take you a while to get out, just accept it. Be total in acceptance of that is your scenario. I accept I'm not with anyone right now. I accept I'm paying more than, see, when you do that, it kind of dissolves. It takes the pressure off. And then you can be like, okay, now I will go back to, you know, maybe some affirmations. I am joy. I am peace. I am abundance. I am joy. And be like a parrot. I'm joy. I am peace. I'm abundance. Oh, but the bills, it's, 
write it down. Look at it. Okay, I got 12 months of, of payments. I'm totally behind on everything. The bank loves you. Like, you're just, it's so big deal. And then be like, okay, well, what can I, what's the minimum amount I can pay to get back on track over the next year? Put a plan together. That might dissolve and give you a bit of like sense of like peace. Be like, okay, really? at least I got a plan. If yeah. more money comes in, then I can do more with it. But at least I got a plan. Write out, get a journal, write down what your plan is to pay back the bank or whoever you owe the money to. I got to pay my sister-in-law, whoever I owe money to. Okay, that's, that's set aside. Now go back to, okay, I feel I am, I am peaceful, I am joy and abundant. And then look to create value because now you don't have that distraction. It's taken care of. You've settled it. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and I'll be like, okay, how can I create value for the company I'm working at now? What do I love to do now? And then look for ways to do that outside of your job. Yeah, because I think that that's a really important piece because it's, I, I think for most of us, it's baby steps to manifestation, right? Like you have to, so if you're really feeling anxiety about something, you really have to take care of that before you could move on to the next step for most people, unless you're a Joe Dispenza or whatever. Right. Um, so, okay. So back to bending reality, because this really fascinates okay. me. So okay. You were saying, okay. So, okay. So I think the first assumption that we talked about Maria is that you got to assume that you're not in control of the material world <laughs> anything external to what's inside of your thoughts and your feelings um, and your emotions you don't control so you have control of that and you control what you do about it right you have willpower to take action and do the things you need to do so with the seven-day manifestation experiment for example right which is uh, a video that I put out I think 2013, I was like, what's a simple, easy way to show people how to manifest? And it was very, it was very simple. It was, there's three steps. It was like, first, decide, pick three things that you want to manifest over the next week. One of them being money. And it's got to be believable to you. That's number two. It's got to be like an eight to 10 scale. And then just go inside for five minutes every day and feel as if you already have it. And then forget about it. Don't try to like do something about it. Be like, okay, I got this goal. Just forget about it. Just go back to a state of being at peace of being ecstasy and throughout the day, just nurse that connection with that observer. And then the obvious things will show up. So I think it's more about internal control of your desires and your feelings. And then what happens is the universe aligns with that. And a lot of cases, what you think you want, that person, that car, that host, that job, the universe will give you something 10 times better, but you want to be in a state of ecstasy to attract it. I don't know if that helps. It does help. It does help. I, I just, I think I find it so fascinating, this whole idea of um, the, ex your external environment uh, being a projection of what's going on internally, you know? And so in order to really, to really, really improve your life, and this is really hard to get when everything is falling apart. And that's kind of who I want to do this podcast for, for people who are like super stressed out and their lives are falling apart. But like the whole idea of like, if you can just work on yourself because you can try externally to put out fires. But the problem is, is that once you put out one fire, you're going to find another fire just like that. You're sort of just going to be living in this like loop of patterns. So like the idea of manifesting. So you, you know, you wake up in the morning, you say, okay, I'm going to sit on my Seiza bench or whatever for like 20 minutes. And I am just going to, when you think about what you want, do you think about the process of getting what you want? Like, where do you start on that? 
Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that works for me is that I always think about what am I doing to create value for client, right? Mm-hmm. And like how amazing the experience would be for them. It's not even about me. Um, and then because of that, the reaction to that is money coming as revenue to our company, right? Because I'm focused so much on like creating so much, like I want the most amazing experience for them. Now, if you can't feel that you want the most exper- amazing experience for your clients or for your, um, for your manager or for the person you work for, then I would say that you've got some internal resistance to that process because, um, or you need to really think about what makes you happy and get out of that job and then do something that you can be happy doing all the time, even if it's less money in the beginning. So, um, you know, the most important thing you can do is like you get to the end of your life. Let's say you build a company and it's doing a hundred million dollars a year, but you're super stressed, you're divorced and you're unhappy what the fuck was the point, right? (laughs) What was the point? Right, right. However, if you get to the end of your life and you're like, okay, I'm really happy, which is really the only marker that you need. I'm really happy where I'm at. You're going to be happy in your relationships. You're going to be happy with the work that you do. You're going to be happy with anyone that you're with because you're you're in a state of bliss. And the result of that is going to be uh, work that you love to do. You're going to spend more time working with your clients or working in your job and you're going to get the promotions and you're going to get the money because you just love freaking doing it. You would do it for free. That's how you know you're in the right career. So I think the question is more about like on the job side of things. It's like, if you can just really, really hone in on what makes you happy and then just block out. And if you ask, if you watch any sort of spiritual um, leader or guru, talk about manifestation at the highest level, they will all say the same thing. Do the thing that makes you happy. Connect back to the seven-year-old or the five-year-old, the six-year-old. If it's funny because you know, for some people it's like, well, from seven to eight, I got bullied and it was crappy. Okay, what was it like before that when you were six? Oh, it was great. Okay, go there, right? Go back to when you were five or six. What did you do? What were the things that you did that made you happy? Those are the things that would make you happy in a job today. But because we spend so much time, and I'm going to say 99% of our waking time during the day, bringing in perceived stimuli and then making choices about that based on what's coming from the outside, we're making choices that don't make us happy. We're making choices that make, we think will make us happy. When what I'm saying is. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What were you Go say? back to that five, six-year-old. And in the beginning for me, and even now, I spend a lot of time where I'm like, okay, I need time away from people, yeah. right? I'll spend a day, two, three days because I, I need to cultivate an internal vision for myself. And then I can go back out in the world and share it. You need to recharge, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so whatever makes you happy when you were that age, it doesn't change when you're 42. I'm 42 now. 42 or 82 or 102. It doesn't change. It's the same thing. So those are the things that I would pursue because this whole manifesting thing gets so much easier when you're doing the things that make you happy. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge for people is to reprogram themselves, right? Because it's like, I know, like, you know, um, my parents were from Greece and like, I call it like the immigrant mentality where it's like, you know, like when I was a kid, I was really into art. I was really into all of that stuff. And their whole thing was like, you got to go into science. You got to go into math. You got, and for the longest time, I thought it was, oh, I have to have a quote unquote respectable job, even though that doesn't feel like something that makes me happy. And once I finally let that go, but it took years and years of unlearning that program, you know, I mean, and to no one's fault because that was what they knew, you know? And so, um, I think it's, I think that's the biggest challenge for people is like, how do you reprogram your mind? And, and I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's like, you have to just pay attention and you have to notice when these thoughts come up. Yeah. Which again, comes back to nourishing that connection with the awareness with that observer, because that's where, if you want to, (laughs) you will be the smartest that you've ever been when you're noticing what's happening inside. That's where you'll be the most intelligent. Not when you're thinking thoughts, when you're noticing what you're thinking, because that's when you're like, oh, I got it. And you were going to go in one direction and try something. And then you realize it was this thing over here that made you happy. And you, it was just like a split second and you caught it. And then you kind of just, you gave that attention and energy and guess what happens? It attracted more and you got more thoughts about it. And then all of a sudden it's, it's a spark. It just goes. Yeah. And I really believe that you get guided to, I mean, whatever you believe in, if you believe that there's anything out in the ether or not. But I know for me, a couple of weeks ago, I had to make a really hard decision. And it was, it was really scary to make the decision that I made. But I was like, all right, I'm going to make this decision. I'm not going to stress about this anymore. I'm not going to give myself anxiety. It's done. I made this. And sure enough, like after that, like that day, like three really random, crazy events that I didn't expect to happen just sort of happened. That was sort of like a message of like, whatever happens, you're going to be taken care of. So it's kind of interesting to like pay attention to your thoughts, but also like pay attention to what happens on the outside when you finally make that decision. Yeah, exactly. And I'll I'll add one more thing because I think this is, um, and I think I was watching a video yesterday. I thought, oh, that's so good. And it's such a simple thing. If you write down every day, and I do this, if you write down a list of things you want to do every day, you're like, okay, these are the things I want to accomplish for the day. I'd start with like three things. I wouldn't make it like 10 things because you won't get it all done. And then you'll self-sabotage. So you start with three things because it's like, it's it's easy enough where you're like, okay, I can accomplish those three things. And you do that every day for like 30, 60, 90 days. What's going to happen is you're going to naturally feel good about yourself and feel that you're worth more because you're doing what you said you would do. You're keeping your promises. Yeah. So this is a reprogramming, right? So you're reprogramming yourself. You're keeping your promises. You're feeling good about yourself. You're going to want a job or a client that pays you more. And you probably never thought of it before, but there are plenty of people that will pay you more if you feel you are deserving of it. And that's the, one of the best ways to become deserving of more money is to just every day, just write down three things you want to accomplish through whatever things you want to accomplish. I want to write a blog post. I want to post a YouTube video. I want to talk to my employer about whatever, uh, a race or performance review. You write down what they are for you. You know, it's important to you. And then you write down those three things the night before, and then you do them the next day. Even if you don't feel like doing them, you surrender. You'd be like, I'm doing it. And what happens is 
30, 60, 90 days out, you're just like, damn, I'm awesome. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. so awesome. Yeah. And I, sh I want, and then guess what happens? You attract people that see your awesomeness. They see your value. So that's how, that's attraction at the ultimate level. If you want to attract more value and create more value for people, it's like, you got to honor the value yourself by just doing that simple test, that simple experiment day to day to day. And that's really key because I hear that a lot. It's just creating value, like constantly creating value. And I think that that is something that people tend to miss a lot. I mean, I know that I've been in those phases of my life where I'm like, I am so stressed out. I can't even think about creating value for anybody else, you know, but it's like really getting beyond that point and sort of realizing it's not really about the money. It's not really about having this person in your life. It's all just kind of an illusion. It's more about the feeling that you get when that happens, you know, just feeling good. And once you start doing things and adding value in other people's life, it's that feeling. You get that feeling. So um, is there a way to quickly manifest? Like what if you're like, I want to manifest $10,000 in two days? Comes down to your belief. Mm, interesting. Right? So, I mean, if you believe that you can, like, I'll give you a great example. So, um, in the last month, I signed two clients uh, for almost, like, both together, like $70,000. So, for me to do that in the next two weeks, that's an 8 out of 10 for me, right? But if you would ask me a year ago, that would have been, like, 0 out of 10. <laughs> okay right, right right i could have signed a six or nine thousand dollar client that would be a seven eight or a ten so i worked my way up and for a long time i was selling ebooks um and i was also selling a sixteen hundred dollar course and i got good at that what happened is i decided at one point this is a few years back i'm going to go to something that's worth five thousand dollars mm -hmm. and i thought it was going to be easy and i was wrong <laughs> because my belief, belief systems Oh, okay. It Go didn't ahead. support. My belief systems did not support a five thousand. There was a lot of negative stuff going on when I thought about that. What if someone asked for a refund? What am I going to deliver to them? What if I don't get them results? There was a lot of risk to me. So I had to go through, sign my first client, go through the experience, lose some money, get another client, keep the money, get another client, negotiate, you know, like maybe we're going to pay a little less until I felt worthy of that money. And then once it was like at the point where it's like, okay, now I can go to like 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 80,000, no sweat, man. Easy now. Because of thousands and thousands and thousands of actions and feelings and thoughts that I had. So you're going to come to a moment in time, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years from now, we're going to be like, I want to manifest $10,000 and it's going to be a cinch. Just be patient and keep focusing on changing your internal state, your energy, and eventually you get to a point where you have beliefs to support that, and it will be easy for you. So I hear what you're saying about you have to go through the process, and you have to, you know, so you, your first client, you got them, and then you lost money, and then you went to your second client, and you sort of built from there, but, um, so like if you're an independent contractor, let's say, and you don't believe in your value, like you constantly feel like you're overcharging your clients or you're not charging them for hours of work because, you know, you're worried like maybe you're not worthy of that or whatever, whatever is holding you back in your mind. 
as you experience that kind of rejection, because you will experience that kind of rejection if you don't feel like you're worthy of getting it, how do you take that experience of rejection and become build from it, become more confident? So that when you go on to the next client, you're like, okay, I've already experienced this, but now I'm a little more confident with this one. Do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. So two things. So one is you can, and, and you, what you were explaining, Maria, like you can see that this rejection that's coming in the future is self-created, right? Right. 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 Cause it's like, oh, I'm charging too much. Oh, you know, it's, I'm overcharging the client. So what I would say to that is because I went through it and then there's like, oh, here's your money back. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So, yeah. So, so part of it is like attracting the right client that you can deliver the value to. It's not, it's not like if a, someone gives me money, I can, I can deliver. No, it doesn't work that way. You can, it's easier to deliver to clients that so you can create the most value. And so maybe this is a contrast experience for you where it's like you're going to get clients where you're not able to deliver as much value or and you're going to get contrast and then be like, okay, well, who could I deliver more value for? Right. And then it's like, oh, this person, oh, it's so much easier to deliver so much more value for them. I feel like they're getting the deal as opposed to me. Like I'm not charging enough. That's how I feel about my clients. But how do you flip right? that? You just practice, you just practice thinking that you do the affirmations in the mirror. How do you, how do you flip from saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not going to charge for these hours to, they are getting such a good deal with me. It's basically like I'm paying them. Like, how do you switch that mentality? So the confidence, right? Where does that yeah. come from? Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, I don't know if you've watched his, um, the comedians and uh, comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched one with Jim Carrey. It was having coffee good. and whatever. Yeah, it comedians driving and having coffee or something. Yeah. 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 So in cars having coffee. So he says, you fake it. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, kind of, he's right, right? It's like, you are confident that it's all going to work out. You, you, know, you are sure that it's going to be in the best interest of the client. So that comes back to that connection to the awareness. It's like, if you're aware and that stuff comes up, just breathe through it and notice it. It's probably a, a, a latent fear that you have about something. If it's worry or it's like, just breathe through and notice it. And just keep doing that if it takes... 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and you need to sit there and breathe and notice it or go for a run and notice it and breathe through it. And you start to get chest pain and you're just like, oh, because it's just body feelings, right? Just breathe and notice it. Guess what happens after a while? If you keep running or whatever it is, it goes away. It's going to dissipate. Oh, okay. What was I really worried about? Oh, I won't worry about anything. Oh, okay. Business as usual. Then go back to, you know, visualizing and feeling as if it's fantastic and working out. You got to notice when you're getting body feelings from your past coming up because, you know, we're all trying to expand and grow, right? Our, our, we're trying to expand and grow our presence. And so as we're doing that, you're going to come up against old patterns and those are going to come through you and filter through as body feelings, mostly fear. As it comes up, it might manifest into like a skin rash or it might come up as a headache. Or for me, I used to get, um, it's been so long since I had it. I forgot what it's called. Um, when you get the, you get, you're, you're basically, uh, vertigo, you, you're, no. vertigo, that's what it is. Vertigo, yeah. You guys to get all, all the time imbalance, right? I was totally imbalanced because I was afraid to really do what I wanted to do. And then when I started doing it and I'm happy, the fear subsided. It's like, this is great. This is so much fun. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, yeah. that's kind of how I would look at it. Is there anything else you want to add to that? 
you know what, if you're like listening to this still and you're like, okay, what's a good thing to do next as an action step? Of course you can go to freedomeducation.ca. That's the blog where I've got a lot of content there. I got a YouTube channel as well. But what I would say is grab a piece of paper. None of people, none of people do this. Grab a notepad uh, and a pen and write down three things you're going to do as a result of listening to this three actions you want to take that will help you accomplish something that will get you closer to your dream. Something small, not something that's going to take hours, 30 minutes, 50 minutes. It might even freak you out to do it, but I'm going to say do it anyways. And then continue that practice for the next 30 days and notice if you feel that you have more confidence and higher self-esteem. If you do, keep going the rest of 2020, keep going, do it all year. That, yeah, that's excellent. it. That's excellent advice. I love that. I mean, I think too that, um, just to add to that a little bit, it's also like you really need to be clear on what you want because I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I want something better. I'm not happy at my job. I'm not happy in my relationship. And it's like, well, what do you want? It's like, I don't know. I just, I just know it's not this, you know? And it's like, it's sort of that thing where you're like, what do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? And then you make a bunch of suggestions and the person's like, no, I'm not into it. I'm not into this or whatever. So it's like, I think really it's, I love that. Take three action steps to get you to your goal, but be really clear on your goal. And I think also be clear on the why, right? Why do you yeah. want that? Why do you want money? You want the financial freedom? Why do you want this new relationship? So, um, yeah, I think that's I, And I'll add one more thing, Maria. Okay. So, and if you're like, okay, I wrote down my three things. I'm ready to take action. I'm going to do it in the next 24 hours. Yeah. And then you don't do it. Don't beat yourself up for it. Yeah. Because you know what? Sometimes you don't have the fire. The desire's not there. You're not in enough pain yet to do something about it. You might need to go through more pain until you're ready to do something about it. That's been my experience. Is like as soon as the pain gets high enough, I'm just like, okay, now is the time to go. We're gonna do this. I'm freaking out about it, but the pain, having the pain of not getting what you want or having the pain of not fulfilling your potential is bigger and more amplified than the fear. And now you're ready to go. Yeah, it's really interesting that whole idea of like, I really want this, I really want this, but I'm procrastinating because I'm, comf I'm comfortable, right? I may not be happy, but I'm comfortable. And you just, you have to keep going until you're completely uncomfortable, right? Like maybe it's you lose that job or maybe Good. you break yeah. up, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you get to that yeah. point, you're like, oh crap, now I actually have to do something about this. And that's what lights the fire underneath you. So yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I wish it wasn't like that, honestly. Like I wish you're like, okay, well I'm comfortable and I'm pretty good right now. So I'm just gonna start the process of doing this now, but unfortunately, and me included, that's usually like not the case for most people, so. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it's interesting the timing of this conversation because I've already talked to two people in the last week that are like three now, actually, now that I think about it, that are like on shaky ground with their jobs, uh, have high blood pressure, and it's like, it's time to change. Like now is the time to do it, not later. Go. Are do they it. motivated to do it now or are they still waiting? They're still waiting. Yeah. Still waiting. Well, out of the three, one is not. One's ready to go. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. when they're ready. I'm like, I can't do it for you. Well, that's just as, I mean, I remember periods in my life where it's like, okay, this is falling apart, Maria. Are you ready to do this now? And it's like, no, not yet. I'm still comfortable. Yeah. I still want to just wrap myself up in a blanket and watch my stories or whatever it is, like just not deal with life. And then it's like, you know, sometimes it, it just takes everything truly falling apart before you get to that point. So 
Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're not going to let it get to that point. <laughs> yeah, and, and if there's a, and, and here's a bit of perspective for you if you are in that place is that fall in love with your growth as opposed to your comfort. Mm. Fall in love with your growth. Like really, really fall in love with your growth. Like if you want to manifest a money, a car, a relationship, go work out. You're like, what does that have to do with anything? You're growing. And focus on like, if you're a runner and you love to run or you do yoga, I'm going to go to the 60 minute class or the 30 minute class. Next time, I'm going to go to the 60 minute class. Then I'm going to do the 90 minute hot yoga. Like really test yourself. And you say, what the hell does that have to do with money or anything? You're growing. That's the whole point. And remember, T. Harvecker always said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So focus and fall in love with growth and you'll be good. That's really, really good advice. Yeah. And I think that's part of that, like growth is what makes you grow is the discomfort of it, right? Like really embracing that feeling. I mean, yesterday, I'll tell you a story. I was doing really well and I was going to yoga every day for January and half of February because that was my resolution. I'm like, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to go to the gym. And then I just kind of dropped off because I got so busy with just work stuff and just life stuff. And I dropped off. And so yesterday was my first day back. And it was like, I hadn't been to yoga class in four years. I, was, I felt like I was so out of shape. I felt so uncomfortable. And halfway through the class, I'm like, I just want to give up. Like, I don't like being this uncomfortable, you know? And, it, and at that point I was like, okay, just really feel this feeling and just be with it. And just know you're just going to be in this class for another half hour. Like you can't leave in the middle of class. So just like really, really trying to embrace that because I know, I just feel like it's just the human condition to just, when something feels icky, to just run away from it. But I think it's like really important to emphasize that if it feels bad, it's not going to kill you, you know, and it's okay to feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's totally okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. yeah. No, fantastic. And like, you know, you're doing the yoga or, or whatever it is you're doing and you're looking at other people, what they're doing. Never compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to your previous self. Yeah. Like, how did you do last month when you went to yoga? How did you do last week? And you say, well, I didn't go. Well, good for you. You went today. You know yeah. what I mean? So you're one up. You're, yeah. You're one up. And it's like, focus on comparing yourself to your previous self. That's all you want to do. And if you see, wow, I lifted that much more weight. I ran a little bit further. I did that pose that was the hardest pose to do in the hot, steaming yoga. And you're like, good for you. That's something to be proud of. And Amazon, uh, Amazon's uh, Jeff Bezos, remember someone said, you know, um, how important is appreciation in uh, your daily ritual? And he said, it's not as important as being proud because if I'm proud of something, I'm going to take action on it. And I thought that was brilliant. So that's the other thing is that your growth be, should be something that you're proud of if you fall in love with your growth. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for your time today. I know we went over, but um, thanks for hanging out with me and talking to me. And uh, yeah, thanks. You're so welcome. Much. So much fun. <laughs>